0: Jesus' miracles prompt Nicodemus to visit him in secrecy. Jesus tells him about being born of the Spirit and about the Son who has been sent by God to save. Today, we'll read the Gospel as a conversation between Nicodemus and Jesus. The Gospel according to John, chapter 3, 1-17. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jewish people. Can one enter a second
1: time into the mother's womb and be born?" And Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the dominion of God without being born of water and of spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I say to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus said to Jesus, how can these things be? And Jesus answered him, are you a teacher of Israel and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify of what we have seen For God loved the world in this way, that God gave the Son, the only begotten one, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace and
0: peace to you from God our Creator, Jesus our Savior, and the Spirit who sustains us, amen. During this past year, when we needed to stay apart physically to prevent the spread of the COVID-19 virus, many of us turned to Netflix or other streaming options to find some entertainment during what seemed like a very long year. Perhaps you too were caught up with Tiger King. Well, I became a Netflix fan when I discovered all that it had to offer, and especially when it came to watching one of my favorite shows, The Crown, which is about Queen Elizabeth and the royal family. It's been on for a few years, but I was so excited when the fourth season arrived last year. In this season, we are introduced to new royal family members, and we watch as the elder members deal with feeling out of touch In this new modern era? Well, after Prince Philip's death in real life this past year, I re-watched an episode that focused especially on his existential struggle as he entered midlife. Wondering to himself about his purpose and meaning of life, he decided that he needed to leave behind his stale religion for the more exciting events happening at the time in science and technology. It was 1969, and everyone was watching the first moon landing. The prince admires the courage of these astronauts, Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and Michael Collins. He watches the moon landing with fascination at accomplishing such an enormous feat. Extraordinary. When he gets the chance later to meet the three astronauts, he has many questions for them. And as he interviews the three young men, he soon discovers that they are trained to do a very technical job and to pay attention to all of these details to execute the mission. They really had no time to ponder the meaning of life. He leaves the visit with the three, feeling even more disappointed and despairing and, well, lost. He then decides to go back to the church to visit with a new vicar who has started a retreat for priests of a certain age, who are themselves struggling with their purpose. The prince had previously scorned the retreat and the idea of sitting around talking rather than acting and accomplishing a great feat like the astronauts. This once too proud prince is brought to his knees, a humble, distraught Philip, who comes to the group admitting that he's in a crisis. It is a crisis of belief. Something is a myth. Something is missing. It is his faith. He admits to the group of priests, I've lost it. I've lost my faith. And he asks the dean, Having ridiculed you poor lost souls, I feel desperation, and I have come to say, Help. Help me. Well, I share this story because I think his question is something that we can relate to after living through a worldwide pandemic. We too may have wondered about purpose and meaning. Turning to the gospel lesson for today, we see another proud and pious man who comes to Jesus to ask him questions. We are told that Nicodemus is a religious leader, a Pharisee with great knowledge of the Scriptures and a whole lot of experience and authority given to him. And yet, he sees something in Jesus, and he seeks him out at night. Much has been speculated about Nicodemus coming to see Jesus under the cover of darkness. Was he worried about being discovered by his group of Pharisees, worried about being called out for associating with that renegade rabbi? Or was it more like being on a Zoom call, when you just want to remain more in the background and check things out, like when it's an early morning meeting and you're not quite ready to present yourself to the world and you decide to turn off the video? In John's Gospel, there could be yet another interpretation that the use of night and dark symbolize unbelief, and light and day symbolize belief. Whatever the reason, it's impressive that Nicodemus shows up at all. I suspect that Nicodemus was someone who himself was struggling with his belief, perhaps even in a crisis. Hearing Jesus speaking to the crowds had sparked a curiosity in him, and he wanted to know more. Perhaps without saying it, too, he was desperate and asking for help. Jesus receives him. He agrees to meet with Nicodemus and allows him to ask his questions. Jesus responds to him with words of life and hope. John 3:16. One of the most famous verses in the Bible comes out of this conversation with Nicodemus. God so loved the world. Jesus invites Nicodemus to step out of the darkness and into the light of belief. And this requires him to let go of some of his old beliefs and be reborn to a new way of believing and embracing God's love. This is a very vulnerable place to be in, and not without some struggle and perhaps even some pain. When a child is ready to be born, they are so vulnerable, and it takes a skilled midwife to bring them safely into this world. So too with faith. Nicodemus doesn't seem quite ready, but the labor pains have begun, and the midwife of the Spirit has begun to breathe life into him and is blowing. Just last week, we celebrated Pentecost and the Holy Spirit's grand entrance onto and into the disciples blowing them from their hiding places behind closed doors and out into the streets to proclaim the gospel, the good news of God's saving love through Jesus. Over the past year, as many of our churches closed the doors of our buildings to keep from spreading the coronavirus, the Spirit blew into our communities in a new way through the technology of Zoom and social media, we're able to continue to spread the good news of God's love for the world. The Spirit could not be contained. And the church continued to find ways to safely share the love of God and support those who are houseless and to feed and provide food for those who needed it. The church has not stopped being the church. Perhaps we've needed to shed some old beliefs about how to be church together, but we have been born anew to embrace some new ways of reaching out. We discovered that many of who have come to worship through an online service may have never stepped through our physical church doors. And I want to say, If you are one of the many folks who have found the Church through online worship, we welcome you. Your questions are welcome here, and we want to continue to provide a community to support you, even after we go back to in-person worship. In my role as the Interim Director for Evangelical Mission, for the Southwest Washington Synod. Over the past six months, I have witnessed the Spirit blowing during this past year, even while we have struggled with this pandemic. There were four new ministries started during this pandemic year. Love God Ministry, led by Pastor Vera McEwen, which is an online worshiping community sharing the love of God through several worship services each week. Joyful Church, a Korean-speaking ministry in University Place, led by Pastor Jae Young Ma, who started having services outdoors during COVID. Dasom bicultural ministry, a Korean-speaking ministry led by Jenny Kim, out of Light of Grace and Federal Way, reached out to seniors to share food and companionship along with English as a Second Language classes. And Jubilee Collective in Vancouver, led by Pastor Lenny Duncan. Pastor Lenny shared in his words, By the grace of God, we still are moving along, evolving, changing, becoming something beautiful. Jubilee Collective purchased a van in 2020 instead of renting a building that they couldn't use. Lenny shared this in his report from last year. This mobile machine of holy radness will not only be our main hub for walking with the poor, but also an outdoor worship stage. So far through the van ministry, Jubilee Collective brought a week's relief of supplies to 96 migrant families affected by the 2020 wildfires, provided over 400 hours of pastoral care to the downtown community, and provided and served as a relief vehicle during peaceful interfaith protests for black lives. By these ministries being visible in the community, the spirit is blowing, and it's a reminder that God so loves the world. The Spirit blows where it wills. And sometimes we as the Church just need to be open and listening for that rush of wind, listening when someone shows up and hear beyond their words when they are crying for help. There is a hymn that I love called The Summons that refers to the call of Jesus. And the words of the fourth verse are particularly powerful, and they always move me. They go like this. Will you love the you you hide, if I but call your name? Will you quell the fear inside and never be the same? Will you use the faith you found to reshape the world around through my sight and touch and sound in you, and you in me. Can we as a church listen to Jesus summon to love ourselves as we are, even those desperate parts, to quell the fear and follow, to love our neighbors and reshape the world with God's love? For God so loved the world, and back to that conversation with Nicodemus. What happened to him after? Well at the end of the Gospel of John we learn that Nicodemus along with Joseph of Arimathea took Jesus' body to be laid in a tomb after he's crucified and has died. Perhaps Nicodemus had a change of heart and mind a rebirth, because one cannot encounter Jesus without somehow being changed, changed in our thinking, in our hearts, being open to God's love. With the Spirit blowing through us, we are changed, reborn. So I leave you with this. Friend, if you have shown up online today and wish to stay anonymous, just checking things out, not sure about this thing called faith, you are welcome here. Let's continue the conversation. And if you are someone who has come who feels a bit desperate and wants and needs some help, please reach out. This faith community we call church is here to support you, to welcome you, to walk with you and church people, Jesus followers. Let's continue to listen for the Spirit. This is our Pentecost moment to rise up and be the church. Let's shed whatever may hold us back and lean into that calling. We really don't know what things will be like on the other side of this COVID tide. But one thing we do know is that the Spirit is blowing, and God's love is active in this world. And God's love is powerful, greater than hate, greater than disease and death, greater than anything the world can throw at us. God so loves the world, and God's love endures forever. Thanks be to God. Amen.